This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. Legitimately never once did I have a time where I jumped on a trampoline and nobody walked away with an injury. It was the worst fucking toy that we had as children. Well, that's not what happened in these cases where we went to the haunted places. Right. Just what do you think happened the minute you took me and put me in a group of people that were scared of a place and, and it's all dark and creepy? You started scaring other people. <laughs> I started fucking with them. I'd never threaten to call child abuse. That's just bitch made. <laughs> At the time. I fight my own battles. I don't need no goddamn social services. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Now, when you become a big brother, there are things you just have to accept. Your little brother is always going to want to have ice cream if you do, and holy shit if you get more than he does. Steven would lose his damn little mind if I got one more scoop than him, and he would cry and cry until mom or dad would come into the room and make sure that we had the exact same amount. I had to accept that there weren't going to be any more personalized toys when I got a little brother. Oh no, there was now going to be our toy box, and all of my toys would go into it, and any new toys we got would go into our toy box. I had to accept all kinds of stuff when I became a big brother, but one of the things I was not going to accept was getting in trouble when he did, whether I did something wrong or not. Now, there's plenty of times that both of us got in trouble, and Steven and I both deserved it. Like when mom or dad would tell us, stop being so loud while we were playing G.I. Joes or Ninja Turtles, and then one of us would get mad at the other one and start yelling and cause both of us to get our ass busted. Nah, I killed you. I'm G.I. Joe. We always win. No way I got you first. You guys should be dead. Mom... Now, one of the worst offenses in a southern household with a dad that does construction is to be louder than he thinks you should be, and about 99% of the time, it's punishable with a belt or a hickory switch across your ass. And for those of you who don't know what a hickory switch is, that's when in the south your mom or dad plays these mind games with you where they send you out into the yard to pick a branch off of a shrub that's sufficient for whooping your ass with. But God help you if you come back in with a tiny little thin strip or a little little tiny branch, they're going to go outside and pick a limb off of a tree and then come back inside and beat you like they own you. There was also the time that Stephen decided when he was about three or four that he's going to help dad out. See, our dad didn't have an issue smoking weed in front of us when we were kids, and he'd often roll joints right there in front of us, so we knew exactly what it looked like. During one of these times when he was rolling a joint, he looks over at my little brother and gives him the fatherly advice that if you smoke a cigarette right after you smoke a joint, you get even higher. Good stuff. Good 80s parenting stuff there. So one day, dad leaves out his tray with all of his weed and his rolling papers on it, and it's sitting in his chair. And not just any chair. This was the dad chair, the one that reclined, back when a reclining chair was a brand new luxury. This was the chair that dad always sat in when we would get together to watch TV. This was the chair that Steven and I knew we weren't supposed to be in because we were always getting yelled at when he caught us in it. Well, Steven decides he's not going to sit in that chair, but he is going to help dad out. So he grabs a rolling paper and he starts imitating this action that he's seen my dad do a thousand times before. And when my dad finds him about 20 minutes later, Stevie has dumped out an entire bag of weed on the floor. And there's about five or six rolling papers laying around him. And when he, my dad gets close to him, he says, look, dad, I'm helping you out. Dad didn't bust anybody's ass that day because Stevie was way too young to understand, but I did get brought into a 20-minute lesson about why we were never to ever, ever, ever touch Dad's weed. Then there were the super fun times when we'd be wrestling. 
We'd be pretending it was Sting versus Ric Flair in a match for the ages, and Steven or I would go way too far, and one of us would smack the other one for real instead of play wrestling. Usually we'd get a little bit annoyed with the other person because somebody'd be winning. But if I smacked Steven, suddenly the waterworks started, and he's crying his eyes out, and I, he's acting like I just punched him for real, and I was really trying to hurt him. And when this would happen, I would get my ass busted and yelled at because you're older, Shane, you should know better. He ain't nothing but a baby. But if Steven smacked me, we both got in trouble because y'all don't need to be fighting your brothers, and I would get my ass whooped too. It didn't seem fair. Why the hell should I get in trouble when he hit me? You know what? It didn't seem fair because it wasn't fair, but this was my life. I'm the big brother. Well, one day, Steven's about seven years old, and I'm about 13, and we're in the bed of my dad's red Ford pickup on the way to our granny's house. And we're riding along, feeling the wind in our hair, when we get on this road named Cooper Lake over in Smyrna. Cooper Lake's this awesome little road because it's kind of hilly with lots of trees, so when you're sitting in the bed of your dad's truck, it feels like you're in a roller coaster going in reverse. Well, as kids do, me and Steven got bored feeling the wind in our hair going down the hilly road when Steven looks over at me and says, You dare me to throw this bottle out of the back of the truck? No, Steven, dad's going to bust our ass if he hears it. And he snaps right back and says, Nah, him and mama got the music up and they're singing up in the front of the truck. They ain't ever going to hear it. And without missing a beat, he tosses a glass Coke bottle off the back of the truck and it makes this sound that glass makes when it hits asphalt and as much as i don't want to get in trouble there's something pretty satisfying about that sound so he picks up another bottle and he does it again and a couple of minutes later we are laughing our ass off about the fact that we've thrown a couple of bottles off the back of the truck but i didn't throw any bottles steven did there was one more bottle left and he looks down it's a mountain dew bottle and he says what about this one you think i should throw this one i say stevie don't throw it man we already got away with it a couple times you've thrown a couple of them off let's not push it Shane, don't be a chicken, was his reply as he tossed it. But this time, instead of tossing it behind us, he tossed it over the driver's side of the pickup truck. And we heard that really satisfying, familiar sound of the glass breaking. But then we heard another sound that was also familiar, but very fucking terrifying. We heard tires screeching. And then we saw a Honda Accord that was passing us on the right stop in the middle of Cooper Lake. And when Dad heard the Honda stomp their brakes, he did the same thing and pulled over. He jumps out of the cab of the truck and runs over to the people in the Honda, and I couldn't make out all they were saying, but I heard him say, well, I'm glad y'all's car is okay, and don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. And the Honda people got back in their car and left, but that last sentence kind of sent chills down my spine. Even though I had nothing to do with it, all I was doing was just laughing along with Steven, I knew I was toast. Even though I tried to tell him not to throw the Mountain Dew bottle, Steven did it anyway, and I just knew I was going to fry for it along with him. And as I'm contemplating what my funeral is going to look like, Dad turns around and heads to the truck. And before he can even begin to yell, I went into self-preservation mode and went, I told him not to do it, but he did it anyway. And Stephen pops off with a tattletale. And I remember Dad looking at both of us and telling us just to sit down and keep our hands to ourselves. I'll deal with this when we get to Granny's house. Which meant that Stephen and I rode in silence to our grannies for about 20 minutes, knowing both of us are dead. Watching traffic go by, knowing this is probably our last car ride ever. And when we finally pulled into Granny's house, I remember thinking how this was usually a happy time, but now I didn't know what was going to happen. As soon as we pull in, Dad barks for us to get in the house. And Steven ended up getting his ass busted like a scene from a snuff film. And then I got yelled at for 20 or 30 minutes because you should have stopped him from throwing that bottle, Shane. What if somebody got hurt? You're the big brother here. You should know better. And I remember being outside playing afterwards because that's what our parents did in the South. They whooped us, yelled at us, and then sent us outside to go out and play. Never mind the whelps on your legs from the switch that I beat you with or the handprints across your ass. And I remember standing there thinking that, you know what? Most days having a little brother is awesome, but today it kind of sucks. Hey guys, welcome back to another week and now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. 
You can find us online at nowthatimolder.com or also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like our badass patrons, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag PotternFamily. Now, Potter and Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcasts, and create a family out of thin air. If you go to Twitter and check out the hashtag Potter and Family, you're going to find our show as well as the CB Radio Podcast, the Accession Podcast, and the Pond Between Friends Podcast. And this week on episode 175, we talk about getting in trouble as a kid and how both of us handled it, and it was vastly different for me and Kenny. Then later on, we discuss wrestling on a trampoline and the many injuries that that could cause, and we close the show with some kids who get the last word on their mom in the saltiest way fucking possible so check it out we'll be right back at my signal unleash hell so do you remember the times when you were a kid and your dad would get on to you like yell at you in front of your friends or spank you or some shit like that and you would go to your room and be like God damn it, he doesn't know anything. He'll sit in your room and be salty as hell. <laughs> Dude, salty as fuck. <laughs> and for the rest of the day, like you would plot ways where you could get back at him. Knowing Salt, you had salty like breakfast ham. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you knew you had no power whatsoever. So you'd come up with little stupid shit like I laid on the floor. How old are we talking? What range? I mean, we're talking pretty much from like twelve under. Because like ten under? Like, maybe eight under? I'd just lay on the floor and just scream at the top of my fucking lungs and kick the floor. And just, I'd make it where nobody else in the house was going to be happy either. So you basically just turned into a fucking asshole for, like, just... Ah, until my throat hurt. <laughs> you were one of those little kids who uh, their dad would be like, because I was around kids and like And the more you. you whooped my ass, the more I screamed. <laughs> it worked out. I was around... It's like the Incredible Hulk, except instead of getting super strong, it gets super annoying. I was around badass kids like you that, that made an works. ass of themselves and shit like that. Um, and I always remember being like, dude, you're just going to get spanked even harder. I mean, like, why would you allow your parents to whoop your ass? Because like, I'll just get louder then. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, dude. They Quid started, pro quo. They started whooping you like they owned you and shit, dude. Like, it wasn't <laughs> fucking fun. I mean, it just, I mean, because I remember a few you times. You were probably a little suck-up kid, weren't you? Well, remember, I'm the same kid that uh, my mom, like, me and my little brother were going at it in the room or some shit like that, and we'd gotten, like, I'd popped him for some reason. <laughs> he had, like, said something or done something that caused me to, like, pop him in the arm or some shit. So, as usual... The brother starts screaming, oh, my God, he hit me, because he knew mom and dad were in the next room. I'm sure Daniel did the same thing. Oh, no, I'd always cover the mouth. (laughs) It's like a wrestling term, but it's not. As soon as you hit him, you immediately got to get them a hand over their mouth and pin them down and be like, I won't let you breathe if you tell. I won't let you breathe if you go to tell mom and dad. Well, see, I didn't have that chance. Mom and dad were directly across the hall. They were right down the hall with me, too. No, I'm talking like legit across. Like, they could see in the room where we were. Well, so you, as soon you as had poor planning. <laughs> you launched an attack. That a poor- My brother could piss me off, and I'd walk away. That didn't mean it was over. <laughs> well, see, when I got into this with my little brother, I w- we were going back and forth, and like he had said something to piss me off, so I pop him, and he starts screaming, Mom. So my mom runs in there. and ba- No, I'm sorry, my dad runs in there. And starts like grows to grab me up and start whooping my ass and shit. And I was like, "Don't you whoop me! Don't you hit me all hard! I'll call child abuse on you." <laughs> You're fucked up now. Because at this moment in my head, I'm thinking, "I got everything figured out." Okay, I'm gonna threaten him with like taking away his freedom for the rest of his life. <laughs> that didn't work out. Just at because all. I was gonna get my ass whooped. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> 
So my mom... <laughs> Foreshadowing in the life of the Smiths. My mom runs in the room hearing me say this. Again, remember, she's right across the hall, so she hear me, hears me say, I'm going to call child abuse on you. And she runs in the room. Uh, when you're little and you don't really know how words work, I'm, like, I'm going to call child abuse on you. Exactly. Like, That's the name of the department. This is the Department of Child Abuse, yes. Are yes. you being abused, sir? Can we take your statement? 1-800-whoop-my-ass. 1-800-can-a-whoop-ass. So... My mom runs in the room and mounts me like I'm a fucking, like a, a steer. Like it's the rodeo and shit. She jumps Phrasing. on my back. Phrasing, sir. <laughs> she jumps on my back, pins me down, and starts beating my ass like I've stolen something from a Turkish market or some shit. And I, like, she's the whole time screaming, I'll call child abuse. Go ahead and call him and tell him what I did. Call him and tell him. <laughs> she's you, coming you got a pathetic result for a pathetic attempt. I'd never threaten to call child abuse. That's just bitch made. Well, <laughs> at the time... I fight my own battles. I don't need no goddamn social services. Well, at the time, I thought this was my only way out. I thought, like, things were pretty much imminent that I was going to get my ass whooped if I went ahead and called. No, I burned the house down. <laughs> I was way worse than y'all. See, you, you weren't willing to commit. Oh, no, I was willing to commit. I said that I was going to call child abuse, and I stood my See, ground. See, that's being a pussy. You, no, were, this you was, were going to let the government solve your problems. This was my hill to die on. This no. was my moment where I was like, I'm going to take this out, shit in you, my hands. You went hands. out like a leftist. I went out like a rightist. Like a what? I waited for him to go to sleep, but I started the house on fire. Oh, God damn. You're going to burn them in their beds and shit like Burn that? everything. God damn it. We got scorched earth on here on this motherfucker. So you're going to take an ass whooping and later on just like the oh, whole yeah, time see, sitting in your room. I've never had a problem with tactical thinking. So like you can't win the battle right then. <laughs> Every nigga's got to sleep. <laughs> so you went Sun Tzu on them and shit like that. And we're like, if you can't win the battle now, then take your loss and move forward. Let's see if your lawnmower works next week. <laughs> Did you guys hear about Kenny's dad? Apparently his lawnmower blew up. It was weird. <laughs> it must have killed him. I don't know what happened. He's got one arm now. What the hell did Kenny do? We're just sitting there on my bed. All- <laughs> Everybody's looking over at Kenny like, don't ever piss him off. Well, I remember all these moments, like getting my ass whooped, typically because I'd pop Steven or he had like trumped up some sort of charges against me with I'd my mom and dad. nails in the driveway so they'd pop their tires. I was a- you didn't put nails in the driveway. Oh, no yeah. One- I would go in the in the garage. And put them right under the tires. So, like, as soon as it moved, it was going to roll over it. Did your parents know that you did any of this shit? They started figuring it out. Things started, and I'd change it up. Then I'd do something else. I feel like you're the kind of kid who, like, I don't know, like, maybe you... They should have been the ones calling child service. <laughs> <laughs> I, I ain't weak like that. I don't go out, bitch made. Did I even go out bitch made? Like I said, I thought this was my way out. I thought this was my moment to fucking clear my name. How'd that work out for you? Um, (laughs) You remember that, uh, the scene where Mel Gibson gets uh, captured in Braveheart? (laughs) Sounds sounds more like uh, that movie he directed, Passion of the Christ. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. You got your ass tan, didn't you? I I didn't have the crown of thorns or anything like that, but it was close. I mean, it was, there was a scourge. But throughout all these times, like, I remember sitting there thinking, like, they don't know how, they don't know anything about me. Like, I'm going to break out of here. I'm going to move on. I'm going to go get myself an apartment. And mind you, I'm like 10 thinking this shit. (laughs) I did run away a couple of times. I hid in my neighbor's shed. You hid up in the attic one time. (laughs) You told us about hanging out in the attic and shit. Oh, yeah. I stayed in my friend James West's uh, trailer in the backyard where they had all their, like, his dad's tool. It was like his dad's tool workshop. And it got, it got dark outside and you had to go home, didn't you? No, my mom called and he came because she was crying. 
I was tucked in. I had my little sleeping bag out there, a little nightlight, some comic books to read. Now, I wasn't the one that folded, as usual. Somebody else gave up the plan. Well, the problem is you just I hear the bring... door open, and I'm like, oh, James, let's just give me a snack. That's pretty cool to him, and it's my fucking mom. <laughs> I can't believe you do this. Well, I told you I was going to do this. I told you I was running away. <laughs> You guys all think I'm bullshitting. Isn't this the time that you got uh, got punished for not washing dishes or some shit? Like you got popped or that, something. That was a very common. <laughs> well, it seems like all your parents wanted was well, just was for like, you to th- help. I was like 13 at this age, and I don't remember what the fight was about, but I was out. Packed my little bags, <laughs> took my sleeping bag. So you decided that because you had not washed the dishes and they had remember, gotten I don't angry. think it had anything to do with dishes. I think the dishes were the time I hid in the attic. Okay, I do remember that. <laughs> I remember you telling me the story about you See, hiding in the attic. Sometimes and like making you can't sandwiches. win a physical battle, so you have to fight a psychological battle. This is, I'm telling you, I don't go out like a bitch. See, I'm telling you, I don't have that kind of relationship with my parents. Okay, first off, my if dad. If you push it so far, by the time they march you out, it's no longer a march of shame; <laughs> it's a march of pride. <laughs> Other kids in the neighborhood are like, "He's done it again." <laughs> so were you were, were you revered by your uh, your friends and stuff like that oh, in the neighborhood? Do. They all do. Like my cousin found out the hard way. What did they? I broke out? his finger on the trampoline <laughs> for talking shit. Let's talk about the trampoline. You knew my cousin. It was her little brother. Let's talk about the trampoline for just a second because I remember being a kid where pretty much you could get away with just about anything short of killing someone on a trampoline trampoline because you could be like, oh, it was an accident. I didn't mean to fly across, you know, the trampoline and hit him with a knee across the nose. Oh, no, dude. It was a sideways, like a straight up, like, game, video game karate kick (laughs) because it was on a trampoline. So, like, the the short leg was all up and to a point. <laughs> like so the you original, can, so like you can fly across the ring like a fucking like double, Street Fighter, like double dragon. Before, no, <laughs> not even not even as elegant as Street Fighter. It was straight up a double dragon. Remember <laughs> <laughs> the one where you go like three inches? Yep. Straight did that. He tried to block it, broke his thumb. Um, I feel like there were many, many times that my brother got injured on a trampoline, uh, my cousins got injured on a trampoline, and it always started out the same way. You'd get three or four kids jumping on a trampoline, everything would be fine, and then before long, somebody would say, let's wrestle. Okay, so I don't know about you when you were growing up, but for me, trampoline wrestling matches were the way lots and lots of my friends and my cousins all got really seriously injured. I'm talking like broken legs, broken arms, that kind of shit. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to keep talking about trampoline wrestling matches, and then we're going to close the show with the shittiest obituary we've ever heard. So check it out. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. There are movie podcasts where very serious people talk about very serious things, analyzing them like true professional critics in a very serious way. There are also podcasts where drunk or high youngins talk excitedly over each other about the latest pop culture stuff, dropping references and opinions like they were drunked up skunks. But what if you want both? What about if you want a movie review podcast and website that has a sense of humor, mad songs, and weird guests, but also reviews movies with a passion and reverence not seen since Mrs. Penelope Thigh's public access movie Rama show just out of Duluth in 1987? Well, now you can. At no extra cost and with no unnecessary bowel misplacement, it's the After Movie Diner podcast. Available on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and AfterMovieDiner.com. As sponsored by Titty Headlines, Movie Sanctuary, and Facial Massage, please take exit 37 off I-98 and ask for Terrence. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? 
Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. Have you ever seen Robotech? See, uh, they never aired it around us because we, we oh, live in the land of the South where math is considered anti-religious. It was more palatable to me than, than Muppet Babies, which I was disgusted by the very idea and never even watched it. I, I hate everything about the Muppet Babies except for the uh, Happy Real Toys. So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. Hey, you want a s'more? S'more what? No, no, you want a s'more. I haven't had anything yet, so how can I have some more of nothing? Shut up! You're killing me, Smalls. Do you like MoviePass? Do you know what MoviePass is? My awesome uncle Keith and my cool cousin Noah talk about movies and MoviePass on their podcasts. Listen to the MoviePass pod on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. And then, <laughs> that's where it all goes south. As soon as somebody says "let's wrestle," that's where somebody ends up getting like a DDT and gets hit. See, because some kids are like, shit. "When you say let's wrestle," some kids are expecting a little bit of tussling games. When I hear "let's wrestle," I think Ric Flair versus like, you already, like you know, yeah, like Sting. You want to fucking dust, see the Dusty Road, the original Dusty Roads, not not the uh, Gold Dust character. Oh, I know, you polka know dots. Versus Ric Flair. I think legendary or a Terry Funk match. So I'm all like, fine, I'll poke you in the eye. And you'll st- you have them down on the fucking trampoline, okay. like rubbing their face across and the springs. And then you get a bounce because my brother's there. And as long as somebody else is getting it, my brother's going to cooperate because he doesn't want it to. You don't ever want the attention to turn to you. Right. The little brother and my little brother did the same thing. He, me and him suddenly became a tag team. Oh, yeah. When we'd be around it's Much each better other to be on my side than the other. So we'd start a double bounce. You get them bouncing because they're all laying there trying to cower. <laughs> And you start, they bounce and you bounce and you can do the most awesome power slams. And what was your uh, excuse every time somebody would get hurt? Or he was a like bitch. That? You would say that to your parents? You would say was he was a bitch? my grandparents' house. We were watching both sets of cousins. Ah, uh, okay. So you could basically be like, oh, he fell. No, I was like, he was running. <laughs> I had to kick him in the, I had to kick him. For us, it was always, first off, having a trampoline was a luxury for the poor kids. So like having one person in the family who had one. Um, it was amazing to go to that. The best part was this wasn't even like our trampoline. It no, was we, my grandparents' neighbor's trampoline. <laughs> so basically we were trespassing. I don't know if my grandparents maybe cleared the uh, permissions out or whatever. But so you guys didn't even know you had permission to be We just went there? over there whenever we were over there. We immediately walked over to the trampoline. Nobody ever cared. Nobody ever said anything. Probably elderly but people who were like, you I know, think their kids had moved on. So they were all like, oh, there's children playing in the yard. I'm over there fucking putting people in death locks, breaking their fingers. Hitting them with a fucking flying knee across Wait, the... I told you to give me that $5, Joseph. So for all the things that we did as children and all that stuff... Um, and there were I, no bullshit side nets on trampolines back then either, by the way. Oh, no, dude. You could fly off the trampoline by 15 or 20 feet in the air. Another thing is trampolines weren't as common back then, but they were way bigger. I've noticed that they these were, new trampolines are a like lot of them are, 10 feet. These things used to be like 30 fucking feet wide. Well, we used to get the big-ass rectangle ones. Some people had the monster-ass rectangle ones where you could get in the, somebody's backyard and have like legit wrestling matches. These people you could had throw the people big, the, giant, round one. It's the like big, the octagon. 
the uh, the big giant round ones, like every time you would get into that, if there was more than three boys on it, it always See, that's the one that sags so much in the middle that you can launch motherfuckers. It always, <laughs> always, always ended up as one of two things: either we're going to see who we can launch forty to fifty feet in the air, or we're going to have a wrestling match. Yep. And inevitably, somebody <coughs> ended up getting thrown off the trampoline, or a combination of the two. Oh, and somebody always ended up getting thrown off the trampoline and getting the breath knocked out of them, or <laughs> or spraining, or twisting, or hurting something. But a there finger was, broke for running their mouth. <laughs> legitimately, never once did I have a time where I jumped on a trampoline and nobody walked away with an injury. It was the worst fucking toy that we had as children. As like young, as as full on like almost twenty year old teens, I was messing with some other friends. You didn't know them. Uh, so I lived out in here, out near here, out in Due West. Well, y'all still. Well, you just come back from Tennessee or something. Okay, so why yeah. were you hanging out with people that I didn't? Because I was. It was her. <laughs> I was dating his mom. <laughs> we took over the house. <laughs> but anyway, we went over to some kids' house because we go all the high school parties. And they had a trampoline, and we were all into wrestling back then. That was during when The Rock first came out. When everybody was into the wrestling. true attitude era. Yeah, yes, everybody was into so it. So there was a kid named Ben, and Ben was a rich kid, and I think Ben's a lawyer now. Which, of course, I'm glad the statute of limitations on this ought to be up. <laughs> but Ben always ran his mouth, man. Ben was one of those skinny kids that didn't know when to shut up. I, we've known a few of those. Yeah, a few of those. So that day, like, Jonathan was, like, not a real big dude, but he was real wiry. And he could put you in a lot of holds and, like, choke you out. Right. And I was the power guy, so I was kind of like animal. <laughs> he was like hawk. <laughs> so Ben was running his mouth and said we couldn't, we wouldn't be able to pull off a power, a, uh, was it power bomb? Uh-huh. Not a power slam, but where you pick him up and flip down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, power bomb. So we did it off the trampoline and for a while there we thought we were gonna have to hide Ben's body. <laughs> if you don't wake up, what are we gonna do? So you knocked him out? <laughs> oh dude, he was out. So you power bombed him off the trampoline onto the ground? Well, at first I was just gonna do a real power bomb and break his fall for him, but he didn't hold his feet out when I flipped him up onto my shoulders. And when the his sneakers hit me in the head, I got mad. <laughs> so, so you power bombed him for real on the ground in the bushes, actually. In the, like you bushes. know, the green bushes that you put the ones you can trim into animals and shit. Oh, okay, Hunt, yeah. Hedges. I, I power bombed him into the hedges. So he could have honestly gotten impaled by something and died right there on the spot. Well, that's not the story we were going to tell. Last <laughs> time we heard, he was going to the lake <laughs> by the dam. <laughs> I remember can't dredge. I remember having that moment. It wasn't with um, another kid. It was with my little brother. My mom and dad had left. And, of course, you know, Stephen's like six, maybe seven, somewhere in there. So that makes me like 12, 13. So, of course, we immediately break into a wrestling match. And I decide that I'm going <laughs> to suplex him on the steps. <laughs> I have lots of stories about wrestling your brother. <laughs> uh, well, I decide I'm going to suplex him on the stairs. Damn, and when he lands, son. When he lands, he hits like really, really awkwardly on his back. And he's like, eh, it hurts so much. I'm like, I'm like, no, no. like immediately I go into the caring, loving brother. I'm like, no, 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 everything's fine. You feel really good. Since my brother's really name good. was Daniel, I totally capitalized on the Karate Kid. Like if he got hurt, like if I put him in the Scorpion Deathlock too hard, I would just hands together. Like, Daniel, son, I did this same that shit. Dumb motherfucker fell for it every time. Like, oh, it feels so much better. Mom and Dad are gonna be home for the goddamn storage in a few minutes. I gotta get this shit on him. I'd be like, you can play with all of my G.I. Joes for an extra day if you just don't tell mom and dad. So help me God, if you tell on me, I will kill you in your sleep. <laughs> Steven used to delight in fucking telling mom and dad. Yes. On me. Like, I, he used little to brothers, delight. Dude, that was like their, that was their karma. <laughs> like, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
So let me ask you a question. I know that you you probably have heard about this, but when your parents pass on, are you going to hold any of that anger that you had towards them as a kid when you write their obituary? No, I think that's the obituary you're talking about. <laughs> so in Minnesota, <laughs> this woman apparently died. Kathleen Dimlo died May 31st <laughs> yes. in Springfield. Yes, I saw this, uh, this obituary. This, this shit's harsh. <laughs> And the obituary submitted to the local newspaper by two of her kids makes it clear she ain't going to be missed. Okay? They don't give a shit about her. That is saying it ever so slightly. The obituary reads, in 1962, she she became pregnant by her husband's brother, Lyle Demlo, and moved to California. She abandoned her children, Gina and Jay, who were then raised by her parents. In Clements, Mr. and Mrs. Joseph Shunk. Then she goes on to say, she will now face judgment and will not be missed by Gina and Jay as they understand that this world is a better place without her. Jesus. Dude, I read this. Like, this came across the news. It was one of those weird news type things. And I'm sitting there at my desk last week, and I'm going, holy fuck, dude. Like, there were times that I got whooped by my mom and my dad, and they, I said I was going to call child abuse, and they beat me like I was <laughs> like a piece of furniture that they could beat. Well, I mean, they were trying to teach you that was a bitch move. <laughs> they were trying to teach me it was Get a bitch Get your move. own vengeance, man. Why you got to need the government to do it? But I never once in my life hated my mom and dad enough to write an obituary for them when either Jesus. one of them pass away that says, fuck you, the world is a better <laughs> place without you, I hope you burn an eternal hellfire. We hate you. That's fucking... I've never hated anyone. That's petty level 100. That's, dude. That's, <laughs> if petty was in Skyrim, that would be a 100 <laughs> skill level right there. When they asked why they did this against their mom, they said, you know, why did you say these horrible things about her? They're like, well, we finally wanted to get the last word. And I was like, dude. She's dead. She don't give a fuck. You have taken being shitty to your mom to another level. There's not talking to her for a couple of <laughs> years there's not letting her see her grandkids when they're born and stuff like that. There's that kind of petty. And then there's writing a shitty obituary about her. After she's dead and don't give, and what's a dead person? They can't read. <laughs> you think somebody went to the damn fucking crematory right before they put her around and went, wait, we have to read this to her. <laughs> Hold on. She'll know. She'll- I know her ears are literally starting to stink, but they might get through. What if? After she passes away, like she was getting ready to head towards the light and everything like that, and everything was fine. Okay, we've got a last minute appeal. <laughs> so she's, hold on, Saint Peter, we got a last minute appeal. Here. She's standing at the the pearly gates, and suddenly somebody reads this to her in the crematorium, and she goes, "Wait a minute, hold my beer. <laughs> I won't have to haunt these motherfuckers for the rest of their saying, fucking this is, life." This is probably how curses start, right? Here. <laughs> This see, is why it starts uh, like vengeful spirits. See, Nikki will sit down and watch those things where they'll go into like houses that are supposed to be haunted and like factories that are supposed to be haunted and shit like that. And they'll go into like mental hospitals where like thousands of people were killed ruthlessly and shit. And they'll stand in there and like it'll get cold. I, tr- I tried get, that once. They'll get scratches on their face and shit like that. I tried that one time. Yeah, see, I don't want anything to follow me home. And I've heard of way too much shit following people so you home. You had a whole different pro- set of problems than I had. Well, you got, a, you got arrested by the cops for trying to... A, Trying to track down a fucking vampire. <laughs> that and shit. did happen too, but that's not what happened in these cases where we went to the haunted places. Right. Just what do you think happened the minute you took me and put me in a group of people that were scared of a place and, and it's all dark and creepy? You started scaring other people. <laughs> I started fucking with them. And I never had to worry about the ghosts because I was busy. And you know, yes, exactly. I would immediately start being like, trying to set shit off to fall off on people and like, 
There was one, run up and scratch him and run. <laughs> there was one house. It was somewhere in fucking Marietta that we went to. It was like super, supposedly super haunted and all that shit. And they were like, "We're gonna go spend the night there." I was like, "Well, fuck y'all then for going to spend the night there. I'm not going into any place that could or could not Me be and haunted." I'm, Shut up, bitch. Went to the house. Well, think it about- smells like mildew. We left. <laughs> You're like, this place stinks. That's the ghost. It's the ghost of fucking feet or some shit. <laughs> it's the ghost of fucking decomposition. <laughs> you, and you know how bitchy Adam used to be back in the day. All I heard about was, I can't believe this place smells like <laughs> He's not worried about getting possessed by a demon or any shit like that. Oh, damn, He's more Adam. worried about the fucking scary smell. We're trying to get scared. I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared my clothes are going to smell like this when I go home. You have laundry in your house. I have to pay for that shit at the goddamn laundromat. You don't understand. My postage pants are going to smell like asshole. My friend Adam had like three pairs of pants total. He okay. loved postman pants, too. He would go to the fucking... Uh, Goodwill. Goodwill and buy any turned-in postman pants. So I, I, I'm imagining Kathleen Demlo standing at the pearly gates. Someone reads this shit to her. And immediately from that moment forward, like every time they go to get something out of the fridge, like the fridge door closes in front of them, like, she's doing, like, little things to fuck with them for the rest of their life. Every time they get close to a parking spot, there's a motorcycle in it. Like, little shit like that. <laughs> it fucks with them. Or a compact car. You're so happy. You're like, <laughs> Oh, yeah. This, there's a spot, three spots from the door, and you get close to it, and it's like an echo or some no, shit like that. you have to understand, I have a personal problem with all this, too, because I work next door to a very public, or very busy Publix, and I have to go pick up food all the time to take to other doctor's offices. And when you get up there and you think you have a parking spot on West Paces Ferry Road and it's some goddamn electric car bullshit. A leaf. I just want to set a fucking piece of rock under their <laughs> Dude, I, tire. I, I kind of want to go like old school like we used to go in uh, Tommy's Junkyard where we lift cars and shit like that. For fun. I feel like we could probably set one of these Kia Sorentos on its side. Yeah, I think I could do it by myself. <laughs> and just leave. <laughs> like just show up and be like, let's take every compact car that has a space next to it and flip it on its side and just leave. I hate that shit. I'm all like, yes, I'm going to only have to walk 15 minutes from the back of the... No. 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 You're going to drive for 15 more minutes around in a big circle. So I think that's what's going on with Kathleen Demlo. I think her uh, her kids fucked up when they did this. I think they probably called her it's back. Probably her kids' fault. We have traffic. <laughs> Good job, you little petty assholes. Well, that's uh, that's all of Kenny's thoughts about Kathleen Demlo and her children. Fucking traffic. <laughs> okay, that does it. Squeegers, I'm going home. That's it for now. That I'm older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. just like to remind the audience that for like an entire summer, you thought you were the crow. Hey, we have stuff we can talk about with you, too. And that's all the time we have. <laughs> we're going to have to go ahead and uh, close that out right now. Let's see you uh, in Now That I'm Older this week.